overall, I would say just, you know, take some time to assess like what your overall individual carbohydrate tolerance is and set that as your daily carb intake if you're taking this approach. And then good Lord, just check in with yourself. If you're trying this and it doesn't feel good, again, doesn't mean you need to keto harder. It might mean that this isn't the right approach for you. And it takes practice. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome everyone to episode nine of Rebel Heart Radio. This goes We're going to get into some double digits here soon. Oh, geez. I'm so excited. Watch out. <laughs> so for our what's up today, we're going to be talking about what our favorite food is right now. Yeah, this is actually, I love the idea of this. So it's not just constantly like, what's up? It's like, let's get specifics, man. So, Well, if you guys just ask me what's up every single week, you're going to be like, oh, that's the same thing that was up last week. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're recording this on the same day as the previous episode, so, so I can't. It's anymore. the same thing. <laughs> I'm still exhausted, if you guys were wondering. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because right, nothing's changed in the last hour, so. Genevieve yeah. is still going to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm still planning, but what I, what I'm eating lately. So something I'm really digging lately with food is avocado ice cream. That was a big find for me. I, so funny story when I got married, one of my, so my husband's dad requested, so my father-in-law requested that I do our, one of our wedding registries at William Sonoma. And I was like, I am not saying no to that. So we did, we had a registry at William Sonoma. And so, um, they had, fancy. Oh, it was fancy. I had, I got some fancy stuff. I actually got a lot of stuff from William Sonoma. It was just, I guess it's just something that him and he's very wealthy. So he just, you know, it's easy for him to be like, just let's do the high quality, like the, you know, the best of the best. And we're like, oh yeah, okay. you can buy me a Vitamix. It's cool. Oh, I wish I would have known about those things. Back then. <laughs> I don't think it existed 13 years ago, but. I'm pretty sure it did. Did it? Kind of. Yeah. I missed it. Oh, you're right. It did. Totally missed it. I ended up doing the ice cream maker, <laughs> which is hilarious. On my reg- I just registered like all the things that interest me because we were coming from scratch. We didn't live together before, you know, like I had very few of my own things. So, um, we registered just a small percentage of fun things that we were like, I would never purchase that with my own money. So let's mm. do it. I have a really pretty, um, like tulip shaped, um, bowl that I love that I got from William Sonoma and odd, um, measuring cups. Yeah. <laughs> like two cups instead of one and like one and three quarters teaspoon and like <laughs> weird stuff like that. But the ice cream maker was really exciting because we were broke when we got married. Like the idea of going out for date night and like spending money on dessert was kind of like not really a thing. And it came with, uh, ice cream recipe book and one night for date night we were like 
let's pick the craziest recipe and make it. And to us at the time, the craziest was an avocado ice cream. And we were like, what? So the whole base is avocado? Yeah. What else is in the recipe? Sugar. That the It was like sugar, eggs. It was like an avocado custard type yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, way too much sugar than I would eat now. <laughs> right. Um, what else was in it? I haven't looked at the recipe in a while. I want to say that there was some heavy cream in it too. There must have been heavy cream in it too. But okay, so this was like regular ice cream base with avocado in it. It's avocado flavored ice cream back the, back in the day. Okay, okay. And I was just like, but it was my first introduction to avocado in ice cream because avocado has always been savory to me. So I was like, avocado with sugar. I was like, that doesn't, no, that's, that's not a thing. And so when we made it, we were both like expecting it to be disgusting, but we were like kind of, I don't know, experimenting. And we both loved it. It was really rich, like really, really rich, almost too rich for Super us. Super fatty. Mm-hmm. In a good way. In a good way. Um, now I'd be like, bring it. Right. I might even like revamp the recipe I've got. and like You should. Yeah, I think I'm going to revamp you. it. But uh, there's a, um, a brand out there called Cotto that Ooh. I found at Natural Grocers, and it's avocado-based um, with coconut milk. So it's not just avocado, but it's predominantly avocado. Yeah. And the fat content's great. The sugar's low. It's tasty. They have a chocolate one, um, a mint chocolate one. What's the sweetener? Sugar, but it's low. And I think it's also got monk fruit. I haven't looked at it closely because I ate the whole thing. I'm bummed. Pretty quick. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's so it's gone. I'm bummed because my favorite coconut milk ice cream is sweetened with agave. Oh. But it's my favorite. Oh, that's tough. So I just eat it sometimes. Well, sometimes you just got treat yourself. <laughs> We were just talking about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel bad about it. I just wish I the one I liked the best was a better sweetener option. Even just regular sugar, I would prefer. Yeah, for sure. Agave is pretty high glycemic. Yeah, which irritates me because most of the packaging out there for agave nectar says low glycemic right on the package. I'm like, that. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad bad deal. That's a whole sugar. That's a whole nother episode. Okay, I pulled up the ingredients. Okay. So deep dark chocolate was my favorite. They also have a a lemon one, which would be interesting to try, but I wasn't Mm. as interested in it first. But it's avocado puree, which is water and avocado, um, avocado oil, cane sugar, tapioca starch, cocoa powder, vanilla extract, sea salt, guar gum, and gum acacia. So I guess it has no coconut milk in it. Oh, but it's got gums in it. Mm -hmm. It's got gum acacia and guar gum. So I guess that's going to be my treat. Treat? Yeah. Treat yourself. Yeah, but it was it was um, exactly what I needed when I was looking for something. And I was like, okay, it's it's 12 grams of fat, 18 grams of carbs. So it's a definite treat. It's 12 yeah, grams, sure. 12 grams of sugar. But well, let's be honest, when you're shopping in the grocery store, that's about as good as it gets. Unless you make it yourself. Well, and you're eating ice cream. It's I mean, and it tastes the texture is the closest thing I've ever come to ice cream. Hmm. So. I like where this is headed. I make homemade avocado ice cream. I want to try it again. It's pretty, you can actually do it the quick way and just um, take avocado and dice it up Mm. and throw it in the freezer, freeze it, and then blend it with like half a banana or, you know, whatever kind of sweetener you want to use and make like whatever kind of ice cream you want. You can throw some cocoa in there, just like they make avocado pudding, but you do it in a, it's with frozen avocado, so... Mm, I just got a big old like bag of cacao serve. from uh, Costco. Mm. Big organic bag of cacao. Yeah, they have organic cacao powder. It's mm-hmm. very good. I did that and 
coconut milk, coconut cream, actually, because I'm trying to get fat in my daughter. Oh, my goodness. Every chance I can get. Oh, you made the fudge sickles. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and they went like hotcakes. I love this idea, too. And you could get some, like, pretty legit other, like, throw some collagen in there. That's where I'm going next. They like the flavor. So now I'm going to start sneaking the stuff in. <laughs> um, do a greens powder, right? Oh, gosh. It's brown. You can just oh, cover it right up. Or moringa. Moringa powder. It's oh, really, yeah. you, really anti-inflammatory. You talk, mm-hmm. you talk to me about moringa. Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of things I need to throw in. I've got some... Um, I mean, so this is the other what's up with me. Uh, we went and saw my kid's naturopath recent, recently, and um, I'm really excited. We're going to be doing a herb path for my son to try to keep his systemic inflammation down. And she has us taking in slippery elm. And it's like a tablespoon of slippery elm in this tummy tea that she makes in office. And it turns it into jelly. Yes. And he cannot get it down. He's just like... He's never even like jello. Like he can't do anything gelatin like it just bothers him texture wise too much. And my sister in law uh, was like, just freeze that. Just freeze it. Turn it into popsicles because it tastes nice, mm-hmm. but the texture is just too much for him. And I was like, oh my gosh, that could be the answer. I've got to freeze all the things because <laughs> I bet you he would eat it if it was frozen. There you go. So that's what's up with me. All the frozen with things. With the food, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm into with the food, ladies. All the frozen things. I guess it's the right time of year about that anyway. But <laughs> what about you? What's, uh, what food are you into? All the different kinds of chicken thighs. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, they've been my, my go-to, as I mentioned before. Exhausted, burning mm-hmm. the candle mm-hmm. both ends. I need something that's going to be like good amount of fat, tasty, good amount quick. of protein, tasty, quick, Easily eaten, hot or cold. Cheap-ish. Cheap-ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can make in mass quantities. Um, so I get a couple of packages of organic chicken thighs at like Costco or Whole Foods or something like that. Um, I like the skin on. I was going to ask, skin on, skin off, bone in, bone so, out, yeah, pressure cooker, not. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, I roast them in the oven. I do skin mm. on if I'm going to eat it hot mm-hmm. and I do skin but skinless and boneless if I'm gonna eat them cold and like slice mm-hmm. them up because it's easier that way that makes sense so I buy them kind of in both varieties um and I don't buy them skinless because I'm afraid of the fat I like the fat mm-hmm. um but you can also literally just like eat the skin while it's crispy while That's the chicken is like hot and then be. you have a boneless thigh that you can eat later I know it's my fine. kids will eat the the chicken skin or skinless and thigh and I'm fine with that <laughs> if I can yeah. get them to eat the- like all the fat, the better. But I basically hit the easy button and I season everything with like salt and pepper. Mm. And then I do one of the many balance bite spices oh, seasonings. Spring. So uh, the bagel blend would be really good on that. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't do a ton of that. And then um, my favorite is actually the smoky blend on chicken thighs. Oh, oh, it's like. That sounds amazing. It's so boss. It's really good. So there's a, there's, I've only got five. Four? Four. I think I've only got four spices, so I need to definitely, like... I have too many. I need more. I need to get some more. I have too many, and I can only eat a certain number of them because I can't do garlic. I know, so. and I think I have all the garlic on. <laughs> I've got bagel, and the ranch is my other favorite one. I like the savory blend a lot. Have you done diner? Can you do diner? 
I do diner all day, every day. I don't know if I can or can't, but I do. <laughs> anyway, that's what we, sl- I, whenever I buy the spices and like stock up, I buy three of diner blend because it's my favorite. Okay. Um, and we do like all of our potatoes, any of our roasted vegetables. That's we use what the I diner blend. Yeah. Diner might be my next person. So we'll link to the balanced bite spices for you guys. So you can check it out. I love it. Chicken thighs. Wait, do you, all the do, chicken thighs. Do you chicken thigh in a pressure cooker? I don't because you don't want gummy, right? non-crispy skin. Right. I put okay. mine on a sheet pan and then a uh, um, a rack mm. over the top of that. Which, by the way, Cassie got me bacon my bacon. Yes. Yeah. Who isn't baking their bacon? Apparently not me. <laughs> I am now. And it's just changed the way I breakfast. It's been amazing. <laughs> so if you're not... It you makes way less of a mess. Oh, yeah. Well, and the kicker is, like, you've got all that yummy bacon grease. You can just pour it off. That's what I'm doing. Into a, into a little container. But then also, just take the pan that you just baked the bacon on and go roast some vegetables. Oh, and that's yeah. one less pan you have to clean because you just did two different things. And honestly, oh, yeah. on food prep day for me, we literally will do, like, a pan of bacon pour the bacon fat off leave just enough to like coat some potatoes we'll roast those we'll put the potatoes away we'll take the sheet pan we'll throw some broccoli on there and we'll roast that and just keep using the bacon fat for all the things while it's still warm yeah while still good yeah we don't have a dishwasher at our house which is like you didn't tell me that beyond frustrating it's one of the reasons i think why i'm so tired (laughs) my husband does the majority of the dishes and he um committed to that when we moved into where we're at right now because i was like oh deal breaker right here <laughs> we've lived in multiple places since mm-hmm. we got married that didn't have a dishwasher and so you knew what you were getting into yeah oh That's yeah <laughs> um but he was like you know we'll just we'll make it work and it's such a great space we love where we live so it's a beautiful surroundings but it's a lot of time yeah for sure it's a lot of time so. skylar does a lot of dishes in my house too sorry honey we use a lot of compostable plates <laughs> Yeah, right. Mm. Not as like, not that much, but when when, when in doubt, get, <laughs> yeah, when life gets crazy, and then a little bit of takeout here and there. So, well, I'm glad that we can talk about what food we're into because I feel like well, just how life is. It rotates, and there's like different things that come in and out, and changes, and yeah, yeah. So, cool. I'm glad you guys got to hear a little bit about that. I hope you enjoyed the episode that's coming up next because we really enjoyed this conversation that we had. Okay, so today we're going to talk about all about keto. Woohoo! This I'm excited for this one. Yeah, so this I'm is... I'm always excited. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm always excited to talk with you, girl. <laughs> um, so today we're going to kind of dive into the ketogenic diet, ketogenic lifestyle, and kind talk about beast. yeah it, it is it's a little bit of a beast we're gonna be real basic today yeah one one so if you're new to it this will be a good primer but definitely some good discussion that i i'm excited to go into come some of these different dietary preferences lifestyles whatever you want to call it um after the conversation with lucia mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i think it's really important to say hey like this doesn't work for everybody and that's okay. Even and though it's for, real popular right now. Yeah, it does. Well, it's been always. popular for a while. Yeah. And, and on top of that, for some people, a ketogenic diet is a short-term therapeutic solution. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's a long-term therapeutic solution. And for some, it's a lifestyle that they just feel good. But it's not the end-all be-all. It's not the only option. 
Um, and you're not a bad person if you can't keto. Right. Or do it harder or better <laughs> or whatever. I know that whole phrase of like, I'm, I'm really good at my keto or I'm really good with keto. It's like, well, okay. Are you, are you good at understanding what your body needs? That's all that I think anybody should care about. Yeah. So, I mean, doing, attempting a ketogenic lifestyle is so much more about checking in and seeing how you're feeling. Because for some people, it's not going to make them feel very, very well. So, and we'll talk about that along the way. So first thing I want to talk about is what the heck is a ketogenic diet? (laughs) (laughs) What is everybody saying when they say this? Yeah. And a lot of people think that paleo is automatically keto or keto is automatically paleo or whatever. Um, you know, and the paleo approach really focuses on food quality, um, and food choices. Whereas like a ketogenic diet really focuses on maintaining a low level of carbohydrate and, and a balance of macronutrients. So that means if you've got low carbohydrate, we need to increase fat for satiety. Um, and you can kind of combine those two concepts of like eating high quality and doing the lower carbohydrate approach and that's kind of the ketogenic lifestyle that I generally recommend for people because that's what I explain to people because we eat paleo keto and it just depends on how we're feeling where we're at yeah and that just means you know keeping a a pretty close eye on on dairy and seeing if that works for your family because that is a really good higher fat lower carbohydrate food that you can incorporate to a ketogenic lifestyle but some folks don't do great with dairy like myself (laughs) no matter how much i love cheese it does not love me (laughs) unless it is goaty goaty or sheepy which i can't i I can't just i can't even talk to you she's like what you don't like goat cheese i'm like i don't i don't it's fine yeah Yeah, (laughs) we all have our preferences i will eat all of your goat cheese okay if we're ever eating out together And there's goat cheese. It's Cassie's. It's just say put it on the side. Give it I to don't Cassie. know why. It's fine because you don't. But I think that's the important thing to talk about with keto too is, is like there you have to understand like the macro components to it and what they're talking about to be able to you know and then and then live your life the way you yeah prefer. Well, and so much of of getting into ketosis, which is like the state of um, kind of fat burning and fasting, but basically using fat for fuel. So not everybody who eats keto is trying to lose fat. Some are maintaining. Um, but through that process, it's, it's figuring out what your individual carbohydrate tolerance is and then adhering to that um, level that makes you feel good. So, you know, it's a, so ketogenic lifestyle is it's a low carb, high fat lifestyle it can be a short-term dietary intervention or it can be a long-term lifestyle. It's just totally up to you and how you feel. Um, and it was originally landed on in epilepsy research in the early 1900s. So fascinating. I know. So it, what they found was um, folks with epilepsy experience remarkably fewer seizures when they were fasting. But fasting can only be done for so long. So they started playing with dietary strategies that mimicked the features of fasting by dramatically reducing carbohydrates, increasing fat, and kind of keeping protein at moderate levels. And then they could get their subjects into nutritional ketosis. And when we're in nutritional ketosis, it depletes our liver glycogen, which is stored carbohydrate or sugar in the liver, and the body tends to shift into this state of ketosis, which is, again, um, we're using fat for fuel um, and ketone bodies. And ketone bodies, which are produced from bodily fat, are 
used in place of glucose for most energy needs, but particularly by the brain. So, so sorry, and back up for a second. Yeah. So, I get asked this a lot. So, we know we're keto. What what are they? Are they cells? Are they are they just almost like a hormone in the fact that they're just like signals? Like what 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 are ketones? Ketones are like energy currency in the body. Mm-hmm. So you think about like ATP, adenosine triphosphate. Okay. So it's it's an energy currency within the body that can be used by cells right, for right, energy. Right. Okay. Yes. That's super interesting, like learning a little bit more about what it's used for, when it's used for in the body, because there's a lot of mystery of like, okay, I hear, I hear people talking about keto and ketones and then you've got diabetic ketosis and it's just there's a lot of like diabetic ketoacidosis ketoacidosis but a lot yeah, of people a say thing yes yeah. yeah so i i anyway i just had to yeah. like take my non-nutritional approach of like okay break that down what does me. this mean <laughs> yeah um the really interesting part about brain function and ketosis is that the brain can shift nearly two-thirds of its normal glucose dependent metabolism to being fueled by ketones instead. And ketones can be a much more stable energy source because we tend to have an unlimited quantity or at least within reason of ketones that we can be using for energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And with carbohydrates, we have really limited storage Mm because glycogen storage requires water and it's it's we only have so much it space depletes. in the body Pretty yeah quick, yeah not yeah it depends on how much you have Ooh, in your yeah, body yeah. but yeah you can have glycogen stored in the liver and glycogen stored in your muscle and um once that's depleted you're you're moving into ketone burning but if you begin in ketosis you can be a little bit more efficient at that process as well mm-hmm. um but so although like a ketogenic diet was kind of born out of this need to um treat epilepsy uh, many people observed that it was exceptionally effective for fat loss. So this was like a side effect that happened in this process. And it's since become a therapy for type 2 diabetes, for cancer. Um, cancer tends to be fueled on sugar. So mm-hmm. when you starve cancerous cells, you usually are able to um, at least nip the multiplication in the bud. Um, and that's again, a, a whole nother, <laughs> so I'm not going to get too deeply into that. And I'm most certainly not an expert in that category. Um, but it's used therapeutic therapeutically within cancer. Um, and then my, uh, biggest expertise around this is within performance enhancement and endurance athletes. Which is so fascinating. And then also with like bodybuilding and weightlifting too. Yeah, actually. It's really interesting. That's what my little bro does. He's in ketosis constantly and he's building his muscle all the time he was did olympic weightlifting and when he got really heavy in keto he did he kind of like slowed down on like what he was doing but he's in the best shape of his life i've never seen him in shape like this and he's been strict keto for quite some time well with a little carb loading here and there but that's yeah i mean honestly that's that's the key is not to be is to actually be cyclical with your carbohydrates so when you're trying to make this a longer term lifestyle you'll do yourself a favor by taking in a bolus of carbohydrates you know maybe once a week or a few times a week depending on what your training looks like and you can call it a carb up i think this is on our topic schedule so i think we're gonna do a whole episode on this too yeah um and then you know, within that, you'll be able to adjust your carbohydrate level to your training capacity. But you can eat pretty continually low carbohydrate and do weightlifting, low level weightlifting, bodybuilding style weightlifting. 
Um, and one of the interesting things that we found is that people who are in figure competing don't have to do this crazy yo-yo with their diet where like they have their like they have their off-season weight and body type and then they have their in-season weight and body type totally different well and it can just like wreck your metabolism and your hormones and and you see them on this extremely low fat protocol in order to get there you know it's like white or brown rice and steamed broccoli and boiled chicken quarter of an apple (laughs) (laughs) and you're just it's just going i mean you need fat to fuel hormone function um fat soluble vitamin synthesis there's so many processes in the body and especially for women it's our hormone levels are so deeply interesting about that too um do you follow or know max lugavere yeah he i was following his instagram stories the other day and he had he was reporting on a study done and i've got the link i'll get it get it to cassie so it's in the show notes about uh women and postmenopause and they're finding that women postmenopause that their brain needs fat to function mm. in postmenopause and it suggests in the study they were finding that ketogenic diet can actually offset things like Alzheimer's and dementia because the body's not breaking down the brain to get that store that fat that it needs. And it's it was interesting. I read through the whole study that I the things that I could understand. You know how scientific studies are. You're just sure. like, okay, I read that sentence five times. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what just happened, but I I got the gist of it, and it was interesting to have him break it down in his stories because he screenshotted parts of it and then highlighted different things of it. And it was just, it was interesting to see that there's a lot of work being done on having that kind of diet. I know that's why my mom did it. She went into keto because of that. She wanted to get into ketosis because she could feel it coming on. Her brain fog was bad. And um, she probably in the last two months started to reintroduce carbs and she still hasn't had brain fog. And it's been really wonderful to watch her feel that intuition within herself of like, okay, I've gained a little weight back, but I feel good. So maybe it's time to cycle back into keto, you know? So it's it's interesting watching people do keto for long term, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I know we've been doing, it'll be three years. Actually, when this airs, I think it'll be been three years. <laughs> so watching long term keto is really interesting too and how you manage it over a long period well, of time. Well, and you guys actually follow more of a of just a low carbohydrate, not keto. Right. We did family. keto in the very beginning, but we haven't done keto for a while. Yeah. And the difference between low carbohydrate, low carb, high fat and keto is, you know, you have to keep your carbohydrate load low enough to where you're getting your body into ketosis and that's where we see a lot of those health benefits Mm -hmm. Um, but you can also just take a lower carb approach and for a lot of people that means less than you know maybe 100 grams of carbs when we're looking at um, you know total carbohydrate matter and then within a ketogenic diet it's often you know more around 50 total grams of carbohydrates or less yeah. Some women have to go a little bit lower than that to get into ketosis. It just depends. Everybody's body is so different. Um, so I think that's a good segue actually into the next most common question that I get as a practitioner when it comes to keto. Like if you're tracking, do you track net carbs or do you track total carbs? Oh yeah. I'd love to know more people, like what people have talked to you about with that. Yeah. Honestly, for me, it is all over the place. It really depends. I think for most people, it's just easier to track total carbohydrates because 
then you're not going to be stuck in a place where you have to do math in order to figure out where yeah. you need to be. And also hopefully you don't have to really count. Yeah. Um, it's you know, if you're, to be. yeah, if you're eating like four to six cups of non-starchy leafy green vegetables, you know, that including like plenty of greens each day, you're going to be at the carb and fiber content that you need to feel good probably. And for some people, it needs to be a little bit less than that, or at least on the lower end, you know, more toward the four cup range. But, you know, if you're eating a lower carbohydrate or even a ketogenic um, style, it's, you need some, you need some plant matter in your life. Oh yeah. I think um, that's one of the big mistakes <laughs> that people make with keto is they're like, all the fat. I mean, some people oh, do bacon. I'm like, Whoa. Okay. I mean, but. you can, yeah, there's a, there's a, can be a more healthful way but for some people there are some folks who thrive on like an all meat diet i think it's there's a me about that i was like i know i think there's a major genetic component but i think also there's probably some inflammatory pathways that are going to get brought about in that process but that's a whole nother day well and you better be like closely monitoring a lot of your levels in my opinion at least my thoughts are is like if you're if you're being really extreme in one way or the other you better like be really watching yeah. yourself closely. well i'm just all about and you know if you're gonna try a ketogenic approach like let's try to have as many food groups as we possibly can still included yeah um and get that variety those plant foods are there for lots of reasons you know vitamin a lot of benefits too yeah, yeah protein synthesis vitamins and minerals nutrients cofactors for fat digestion so many different things i think what we're trying to say is that everybody is so different <laughs> that this is what other people are doing and this is what we have heard and like Cassie she's worked with it's it's all about knowing your body and finding what works for you so I think that that's the net carb total carb thing is has a lot to do with how how does it work best for you yeah and for those of you who aren't aware um, effective net carbohydrates are just the total carbohydrate count for the day minus your fiber in grams so, and some folks tend to measure that and it, and feel better. Uh, if you have trouble getting a lot of fiber in, you might want to just keep an eye on the net carbohydrates so that you can just be having an eye for your grams of fiber you're eating for the day. You know, mm-hmm. most people do not make it to their recommended daily fiber, which I'm not talking about RDA recommended <laughs> dietary guidelines, please. Um <laughs> But I hear one more person say, is that based on a 2,000 calorie diet? And I'm like, ooh, no. Everybody's so different. Please don't Yes, right? Caloric needs vary too. Well, I definitely, yeah. And I really think that talking about the benefits of the keto diet, kind of the next thing we want to talk about, can show people, you know, why should I do this in the first place? Like, what do you think that is the best reason to think about keto? Is it right for me? Yeah. You know, is it right for you? It could be right for you if you are looking to burn some stored body fat to change your body composition. Um, but know that, that it doesn't work for everybody for that approach. And even then, it can be kind of nuanced in terms of how many carbohydrates you need to have, what your protein tolerance is to stay in ketosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and my approach is to do everything you can, max out everything you can, but still get into ketosis. And so mm-hmm. some people... You know, that means a little more protein and a little less fat. Oh, and, and everybody some, is so yeah. different. Yep. Um, if you are dealing with like energy crashes or unstable blood Ooh, sugar, this gives you consistent energy throughout the day and very stable blood sugar. And I still find myself there if I'm like treating myself a little too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
Um, and this is one of the reasons why when life kind of gets crazy for me and I am burning the candle at both ends, like I am currently, <laughs> I know I need to be in an, an, an anti-inflammatory state. And for me, that means stabilizing my blood sugar, doing a little bit of fasting, eating keto. And that's just what makes me feel good during those stressful times. And then I don't have to worry about having that consistent energy. I can just rely on that fat storage because I have plenty of fat. <laughs> Most people do. Um, so, and that doesn't even mean you have to be overweight to have plenty of body fat storage to keep yourself in, in a stable energy. So, um, improving your blood lipid panels. I want to know more about this. Yeah. So the really interesting thing, if we're talking about cholesterol, that's what I say, is that cholesterol? Blood uh, lipid panel? Yeah. If you're looking at blood lipids, it's cholesterol levels. Um, and then also you have to bring in blood glucose levels into that too. But if you're looking at improving your blood work, um, you know, this can obviously decrease your blood glucose levels and your A1C because you're getting stable energy from fat and mm -hmm. not from sugar. Um, so that's good. It's going to improve your blood sugar profile. Is this affecting people with type 2 diabetes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. like the blood lipid panel and like I've worked with blood work. Well, and type 2 diabetes is my specialty as far as um, nutrition clients are concerned and um, it's my favorite place to be because you can work with someone to, um, put them on a therapeutic ketogenic diet. Hey, Life-saving. And it can bring them out of type two diabetes, um, Which or at least a amazing. being asymptomatic as far as their type two diabetes is concerned. So mm -hmm. not a cure-all, not curative, but, um, <laughs> what you can find is that basically they have no symptoms thereafter yeah, can, and become be a catalyst. Well, sure. and you can go from, I had a client recently who was insulin dependent for 10 years and is Whoa. no longer insulin dependent. Wow. Yeah. That, see, life-changing. I was like, it can be life-changing. Yeah, it was huge. Um, and he is a very healthy human being now. But as far as your blood lipids are concerned, a lot of a lot of these changes in cholesterol that we see are associated with sugar and blood glucose. So what we're seeing is um, the healthy version of cholesterol is actually having to do with particle size and density. Oh, gosh. We've had this conversation like a long time ago, and I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, so... So we want our cholesterol, which is a response to inflammation. So like when we have inflammation in our body, cholesterol comes to repair the site mm, and repair that physical damage. And we want our cholesterol molecules to be large and fluffy and buoyant. And so we don't want moving no cholesterol it. because or low. No, we right? need cholesterol to function, which is, yeah, I mean, and high cholesterol foods do not translate into high body cholesterol like body I levels of wonder about that because it goes through a filtering process it's not like it goes well, straight into your bloodstream <laughs> yeah that's just also not how our metabolism works at all that's what i was thinking yeah but i think but, it's important for more people to hear things like that because they hear oh i think that is a huge hesitation of even looking at the keto diet because they're like sure. uh that's like a heart attack on a plate <laughs> yeah and it's like well Let's look into the science of what we know about it and what our body's using it for. And yeah, so we we want our cholesterol molecules to be large, fluffy, buoyant. Um, but what happens when we eat plenty of carbohydrates and sugar is a process called glycation, and that those tissues become hardened. And so mm -hmm. when cholesterol, this is what you like get when you have like plaques in your arteries, because the cholesterol molecules are dense and hard, and they 
move to the place of inflammation to do the healing because that's what they're supposed to do and then they just stick there and then more comes and more comes and more comes yeah Yeah. and it builds up um and so you can get glycation of your cholesterol molecules of your tissues and what ends up happening is you get increased inflammation in the body and so we're not as concerned with levels of cholesterol or guys no such thing as good and bad cholesterol just, just different kinds mm-hmm. um they have different functions in the body and so when our cholesterol is elevated we need to look at how's our blood sugar handling how's our inflammatory path like what what can we do to reduce inflammation so you mm-hmm. you work to reduce inflammation at the same time that you're also working to change the structure of your cholesterol within the body yeah that makes a lot of sense so like the the better structure actually is healing versus the worse structure yeah. is actually causing issues and the same client who <laughs> this cracks me up the same client who is off of of um insulin because He's reversed all of those symptoms of type 2 diabetes and feels great and manages it with his diet. He still can't, you know, go eating a ton of carbohydrates. It's mm. not his body doesn't process them well. It he doesn't have fine. great pancreatic function. Mm. Um, but it's not to the point where he needs to continually stay on insulin, at least for now. Um, but his blood lipid panels and his A1C improved so much that his vegan cardiologist was like, tell me more about what you're doing and he did (laughs) and she was like how i don't understand how that's working right i'm just like this is the this is the deal in the medical system it's so frustrating so um it's the sad part is they want to know more because that's why they got in the medical field in the first place like they want to know oh yeah i mean there's you you know hopefully there's more people updated on the fact that high cholesterol foods don't increase cholesterol like it's just the science is there we know now yeah um but updating it throughout the entire system is is difficult but there are a lot of very preventatively minded practitioners out there who are looking at you know, allowing their clients to think about more of a balance when it comes to getting healthy fat into their, mm-hmm. their diet. So that that's Im- improved. Um, another thing that I, I kind of just mentioned was just decreased inflammation is one of the benefits of a ketogenic approach. Um, improved sleep for some. Not everybody experiences improved sleep on a ketogenic approach. Mm, um, and if you're not sleeping well, while you're legitimately in ketosis, like it doesn't mean you need to keto harder. Right. It just means maybe that's not the right approach for you or maybe at this time. Yeah. Um, Because I find a lot of my adrenally exhausted clients need some time with some extra carbohydrates before bedtime. It actually helps them sleep better. Oh, interesting. Bedtime. Yeah. Carbs at bedtime. I'm not mad about that. No, it's happy. I'd be like, okay. It's happy. (laughs) Um, And actually, that's one way you can cycle carbohydrates in too. Yeah. I felt the worst when I had been counting all the macros and like this was a while ago this was like almost three years ago when we were really heavy and making sure that we had ultra ultra low and this and that like low carbs and high fat and probably about nine months into it I started to go I don't feel awesome and I started to my brother started to do carb cycling and so he was like but I mean he's he's I love my brother, but he's just can eat anything and it doesn't affect him. Yeah. And I'm carb cycling for him. is like, I'm going to eat a big ass burger right now. Oh, it's like a whole tray of 
turnovers, like cherry turnovers. And I'm like, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> he must follow <laughs> Carb Night by D.H. Yes. Kiefer. <laughs> yes. Because he talks about cherry turnovers in that book. Does which he? Which is hilarious. <laughs> no, my yeah. brother's like, so, we're, we're referring to um, a book called uh, Carb Night and then Carb Backloading. Um, and that was where he started. He's been reading a lot yeah. more information. There's a, there's a more healthful approach to that that includes higher quality foods but basically it involves um, rotating in higher glucose foods so um, rather than fructose heavy food which fructose heavy foods are not bad they just are they are they are where they are Um, but when you cycle carbohydrates in you kind of keep your fat lower at least at that meal that you're cycling the carbs back in so that you can preferentially store them as glycogen in your muscles and for your for your training exactly purposes. Yeah, I mean, I remember but you can do there with a pan, a little tray, little you know, little Ew. clam, <laughs> and I was like, "What are you doing?" And that would make like, me feel terrible. Ditto, so much ditto, and that's just it. Like good or bad, whatever, it would make me feel terrible. So ditto. So another approach you can take is like a reasonable amount of rice or sweet potato, potatoes. Yeah, white potatoes are actually potatoes. a little bit more glucose heavy. Um, overly ripe bananas, mm-hmm. plantains, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cherries, plums. Uh, mm. I'm trying to think. There was one other fruit so I was like, trying to think of. So like peaches or nectarines fall in that category because of the no, plums? No, they're, they're not very high in sugar, actually. Oh. Um, they can be, I guess. But uh, anyways, so but glucose heavy foods tend to mimic that. But the the point there is to get glucose specifically, yeah, preferentially stored as glycogen in the muscles, so that you can be using that for your workouts and your activity and he all works that out kind of stuff every day. Yeah, so it's it was necessary for him. But when I started cycling in a little bit of carbs, but I'm I'm talking like a little bit. I. It felt so much better. Yeah, it can improve like, your sleep quite a bit too. Yeah, and you can do the carbs at night, or you can do them post workout. It just again is one of those like n equals one experiments where you just play with it and see what feels good for you. As my chiropractor says, I'm going to throw it at the <clears> wall <throat> and see what comes back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing that can happen for you is just enhanced cognition. Like I function so much better on a ketogenic approach like my brain fog all of that like I don't get tired in the afternoon it's amazing how much better I feel mm-hmm. um and then the last thing I wanted to mention was decreased hunger so you just increase so increased helpful. satiety in general yeah. yeah I mean but what you need to know is that a long-term ketogenic approach where you're not cycling carbohydrates back in or taking a break can actually completely downregulate your leptin and ghrelin levels. And so mm. you lose those hunger and satiety signals. So you start to to not be hungry at all. And then you're just not eating enough and kind of skirting that, like star- so, starving yourself. Yeah. So keto so, has to be really looked at closely sometimes. Yeah. And well done. And, yeah. you know, I, I, my approach is always to cycle carbohydrates in periodically and responsibly yeah. How for, often? for each body. It depends. That's the answer yeah. every time. Um, for most women, like at least once a week, if not once every two weeks, if you're working out two to three times a week. Okay. Um, what is men it, can working out of any kind or activity? It just, it just depends. I know. Okay, so for me, <clears throat> I do a really. She's intense. asking for herself. That's I am. really what's happening. Because let's face it, there's a lot of other people out there like me. So maybe it'll help somebody. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I'm like, part of me is like selfish that I'm doing this podcast because I'm learning so much about myself, but. Hopefully it'll help somebody. Well, also, every time we have an expert on to talk about whatever 
it is that they're you know we're just gonna ask them questions for ourselves i know right <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of so in my case i'd like to work out more than once a week um, i'm working on trying to make that fit in my life since school got out with my kids mm-hmm. but i do one really intense cardio class that i absolutely love i decided the benefits of it making me mentally happy are worth dealing with the physical consequences if i was doing like really because in the past when i was doing high cardio I, it was totally messing up my my cortisol levels i didn't know that at the time but looking back on it and what i've learned about you know high intensity and in, in cardio and cortisol i was like oh that's what was happening but yeah. but I once a, once class. a week is probably not going to send you over the right i'm trying to be careful about it there's but, a difference between cardio for you know 45 minutes and then chronic cardio yeah that's a very different thing yeah so i mean like once a week is not really a thing you just have to for for me, it, that didn't change anything for me dietary, and I See, didn't I would, throw anything out. Of you're whack. gonna bust through some glycogen during mm-hmm. that period of time, and if you are eating keto without you, storing, yeah, you will yeah. have completely depleted, and then we're looking at that stress response from the body. Right. So what I would do, practitioner Cassie puts her hat on, <laughs> is um, carb up the night before that class. Okay. So have a, a low-ish fat, not low fat, but lower fat. You're not slathering everything in fat like you normally would on a yeah. ketogenic approach. Um, and then, um, you know, some sort of um, either gluten-free grain or um, potatoes, some sort of uh, like frozen banana ice cream situation. But you need a pretty decent hit of carbohydrates yeah um to to have that stored what's decent to you just this mm. is me again i know it's a range don't yeah don't feel like you have to be right i'm always like the answer is it depends yeah right um you know like <laughs> Give me ballpark 50 to 100 grams of carbohydrates in a meal okay. is a good place to start and okay. see how you feel okay yeah cool and i would like to add in more classes i'm kind of hoping to do a monday wednesday friday situation sure so then i definitely need you would to make carb sure. up the night before each class okay i'm gonna try that feel I'm it out do that. feel it out and, and now see. that i've said it and i'm gonna oblige her i'm gonna do it <laughs> and then you're gonna report back to us and tell us how you're feeling and how it's going now i want you guys to ask me how it's going okay because otherwise i may not do it all the way but oblige her yeah okay so what's next miss genevieve so one of the other questions that I get asked all the time because we have some experience with keto and because I'm not a nutritional therapy practitioner, people just come to me and I'm just like, you guys like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm still learning myself. But one of the questions is, is how do you know if you're in ketosis? Because it tends to be this mysterious like body function. Like, yeah, I mean, there's some pretty common signs of ketosis. If you just tap into your body, um, being able to go long periods of time in between meals, um, not constantly feeling hungry or hangry for some of us. Oh man, um, that was better. Better, us. higher energy levels that are sustained. better sustained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then also a few interesting little tidbits. You can have like sweet smelling breath. That um, was, that we call was it, how I, we call it keto breath. I get really close to her and I'm like, say hi. <laughs> she was really little and she go hi. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, we're good. Um, the interesting part about that though, is that eventually as your body adjusts, um, you start to circulate ketones more in your blood than in your urine and your saliva. Mm. So that doesn't, that's a good, um, introductory measure 
to know you're kind of dipping into ketosis, but as you get more efficient, you're not going to continually have that sweet, sweet smelling breath. So, so it's appropriate to say that if you're in keto 101 and you're just starting or, you know, that first month or so, it's appropriate to, you can do like the quantitative, like you were talking about with the measurements of, um, yeah, you can, you can use, um, urine tests. They have these keto sticks or in keto the strips though. in the very beginning because but that you also will can be, help you understand, okay, the strip says I'm in ketosis. How do I feel? Yeah. Kind of like, so in the beginning both. you might get a level that's like really high because you're excreting a lot of ketones more through, than you're using. yeah, through your urine. But as you become more efficient at using ketones for energy, you'll excrete less. So oh, you can go you could be like in the moderate area in the beginning mm-hmm. and then as you measure and continue through you might hit like trace it'll say trace amounts of ketones <laughs> in the urine yeah and if you don't have somebody working with you you panic and you go what i'm not doing it right Nothing i'm changed. not ketoing hard enough yeah i'm not doing um, this well yeah so eventually those be that's kind of a, a measure that doesn't really work for for most people long term you can do a blood test. You can prick your finger. They It looks just like a blood glucometer. Some blood glucometers have a, a ketone measurement. Do you um, find that more accurate? It it's varies a lot. Yeah. I, I don't like blood glucometers that aren't um, clinically like... <laughs> I mean, super expensive yeah <laughs> it's they they vary so much mm-hmm. um but the uh the thing that is becoming the standard is breath testing that's what we did that's what we that's what we leaned on the most yeah and there's a couple of new um i can't remember what they're called but we can link to them in the show notes there's a couple ways to measure one of them is like a usb breath detector that you can just plug into your computer mm. and it'll measure which is really interesting um and all of that to say, really just gauge it on how you're feeling. You yeah, know, if you, if you, you want to do feel. some intense experiment, like be my guest. Um, but you you pretty much know, you know, these little tips of of how you're feeling and if you're in ketosis and, and how your body's responding to that Honestly, based we, on those. We wrote it down and then yeah. just I always had it there for reference because I was so overwhelmed when I first did it because it was kind of scary for me. Because it felt like it was like life saving for Lucy, so it wasn't for weight loss. It was you know for overall health markers, and um, couldn't afford to see anyone, you know, which is really scary. And you, if you if you can see a practitioner, you should. But for me, it just felt like all I could do. And so I wrote down all the things I had learned about what I should experience or what she should experience during that time, and I looked for it. But I had to keep it there for that reference. Because it's easy to kind of be like, well, I don't quite remember. So if my recommendation from somebody who's not a nutritional therapy practitioner doesn't have it just sitting up there in their noggin, write it down, sticky note it somewhere, like put it somewhere where you can see these are some of the things that we, that some things that we listed off of that you can expect from, um, you know, are you in, in ketosis? It's like, and that can actually be a big indicator day to day, you know? And I also kept a little like a very rudimentary, like, how did Lucy do today? How was she feeling? I didn't even keep an hour by hour, but I kind of recapped every night for the first couple of weeks because I wanted to have that information to know that she wasn't, that this was okay for her, mm-hmm. you know, but I had to keep a really close eye at first. That's you, you checking in as a mother and seeing how is she, she feeling? Tell me. Yeah, she couldn't Yeah, tell how's me. her mood responding? Because for you guys, a lot of managing Lucy's blood sugar through ketosis is checking in on behavior and 
which stabilized way, mood and all it dramatically that. improved <laughs> that's amazing like yeah like when we say this can be life-changing for some people huh. yeah like it, it has saved been for my me. sanity yeah i mean for me honestly i have um, my family tends toward type 2 diabetes it's in our mm-hmm. genetics um we don't have great carb tolerance in my family and i can relate yeah and once i i pulled most of it out i just felt so much better and since then you know i've pretty much eating eaten some iteration of a ketogenic approach with carb cycling and the carb cycling feels good to me for sure and it helps me be able to maintain a training load that I feel good doing because the exercise is really important so awesome I think that's kind of like enough for today I think as far as this approach goes yeah I think that was even good reminder for me because I knew a lot of this stuff but I've never had a breakdown from a a therapy practitioner before so I think it was good reminder for me yeah and I think as as powerful as keto can be um just know that this is just one tool in the toolbox this approach isn't appropriate for everyone and that's okay you know it's not and and within keto obviously I said it depends so many times it's not a one-size-fits-all solution um like here's the yeah general umbrella just Find what works for you in that. And umbrella. it's probably not the answer you wanted either, but <laughs> um, it's nice when it's in a neat little package, but that's just not. Yeah. And life, there's a lot of good resources out there as far as like finding that neat package. Um, I'm really looking for Diane Sanfilippo is writing a book on keto right now. When she announced it, I was like, oh, I'm really excited because she's so great at like taking and tackling that practical and approach. She's doing but being keto balanced one. Yeah. Or like yeah. a very basic beginner. So yep. awesome. Yeah. Like, so we'll have that not linked in the show notes in the future but you can go <laughs> check out her instagram and she's been talking about it a lot in her stories definitely check um it out. but over overall i would say just you know take some time to assess like what your overall individual carbohydrate tolerance tolerance is and set that as your daily carb intake if you're taking this approach and then good lord just check in with yourself if you're trying this and it doesn't feel good Again, doesn't mean you need to keto harder. It might mean that this isn't the and right it, approach. And to, it takes for practice. Yeah. That check-in is, it really does take practice. It, and it, and it was cyclical. Like you'll, you'll check in really well with yourself and you'll be like, everything's fine. And then you won't check in with yourself. And then a few months or like a month later, you'll be like, oh, I need to, I need to take a step back. Yeah. So it does take practice. Don't get frustrated with yourself if you're not in that, like, I I have a magic morning every morning and then I write in my journal every evening. Oh god. Oh man, I wish I could be like that, but that's just <laughs> not a thing. I love that we talked about morning routines and our fir- or the lack thereof in our first episode, <laughs> which cracks me <laughs> up. Because it's just real. Sometimes you wanna have that and it would be ideal, but yeah. I'm just not in that season in my life right now. And I think a lot of people can relate. So don't beat yourself up if you can't get there, but definitely if you can do the best you can to check in with yourself because your family will thank you. You will thank you. Everyone in your life will thank you. (laughs) Well, and the things to check in on, and I love what Rob Wolf always says. He says, uh, take a look at how you look, you feel, and you perform Mm -hmm. and adjust from there. So he keeps it really simple, but some things you can assess for are like mental clarity, physical performance, sleep quality. Um, Sleep is a big tell. To see yeah. if a ketogenic approach is going well when, for when you. When my mom started sleeping through the night, I was like, mom, I don't think I've ever seen you not have like insomnia issues. Staying up till two, three, four in the morning. Yeah. Or getting up in the middle of the night. Like she's not doing that anymore. And and she was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I never really put enough stake on that. And I when, when her hair started growing back, 
and she started sleeping well I was like boom like that was huge health markers for me because that meant her body was in a place of abundance you yep. know where she could sleep and well and it's hair. getting that healing overnight too yes absolutely and then being able to go extended periods between meals without like suffering cognitive impairment or like performance issues as far as your mental mm-hmm. state is concerned so those I are some common kind of things I think that a you lot can of people look, start there for I think a lot of people start there the cognitive impairment yeah and it's just gosh I just don't feel awesome or I need that coffee at three in the afternoon yeah I think we're gonna play with a, a ketogenic approach for my husband Ooh. and he is a sh fiend okay. but he's seeing some um cognitive issues pop up that i'm thinking this might be at least a good short term oh, um a therapeutic so approach well he it's hard to help your family it is he has to be willing and he did come to me and he was like okay i'm ready what kind of approach do you think we should take we're gonna do some gut healing uh, and that's so cool he came to you that's so great because i think that's the hardest part when fed you up it. he got to the point where he was like i'm tired of not being able to eat all these things and feel okay Mm-hmm. so that's awesome well this has been a fantastic episode i've really enjoyed the breakdown a lot of this stuff i already knew but i needed the reminder and i've never had somebody like a professional break it down in this way for me so it's been really cool to have that professional i got you knowledge i'm not like a complete expert in a ketogenic diet but i've, I've done it enough personally and with clients in a therapeutic way that um we can chat about it yeah we can chat and we're going to continue to chat about it because the next question that i often get um is like the training styles that are appropriate for ketogenic lifestyles so we're gonna keto athletes on yeah we're gonna get get into that probably in a few weeks so yeah for sure well thanks for joining us today guys we will definitely be filling in the show notes of all the things we talked about and um, definitely get in the conversation on Instagram. We're, we're really active on our Instagram and we love being able to um, interact and get questions and things. So definitely check us out and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Recording. Yes, and I got that recording. (laughs) I cannot do accents to save my life. Well, we'll we'll just put Skylar in here somewhere and he can do his accents for us. There you go. I can do it, but not like him. That was legit. Alright, I finally got the hubby in here. Hello. Skylar finally got in front of the mic with me. (laughs) Yes, I am here. It only felt appropriate to do it at the end of the bloopers where we talk about all the accents. (laughs) So here he is. So what what do you want to hear? Oh, I have a list. Okay. I I would like to hear your I don't care German. My I don't care German. Okay. Um... That one's like sort of, you know, laid back and like, what do you want to do this afternoon? We should meet for coffee and talk about our lives and what kind of art are you creating right now? <laughs> okay, that one is a good one, along with Professor German. Professor German is yeah, it's a little bit more abrupt. Like, 
first when you calibrate this machine you must make sure it is plugged in correctly <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i like that one that one reminds me of a disney character that i loved yeah, the professor, professor bond something yeah donald duck's cousin or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh the next one's irish irish is a bit more easier to do it's actually very natural for me to break into irish almost at any time from any family other history accent. isn't it oh yeah we, we went there for tried to live there for two generations before coming to the new world yes <laughs> what about scottish that has to be a weird transition scottish is where we came from originally uh in glasgow um uh, well 30 minutes away from glasgow but yeah that's where my ancestors are from <laughs> okay then you have to be able to do english like posh like Type. Oh yes, of course. English is a very large part of my, you know, heritage. I'd say that maybe eighty percent of my blood is Anglo-Saxon, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about? There's got to be like dirty English. Yeah, that's like the southern. Um, it sounds a little bit more, you know, like this, like a bit effort like, on some vowels and. Reminds me of movies I've seen. Like they don't really pronounce like the th sound they replace it with an f <laughs> it's kind of weird like what you think you're talking about <laughs> you know <laughs> anyway that was a good one okay what about russian can you do russian i don't know if i've heard you do much russian of course i can do russian Russian's very easy because it's very short and to the point and you have to reach down in oh well that was Scottish sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> you have to reach down into the bottom of your throat and <laughs> it's a little bit easier and you have to li- leave out certain in between words like law and is and and you just get straight to the point <laughs> straight to point <laughs> yeah straight to point <laughs> <laughs> well everybody I hope you enjoyed this you'll have to tell us on our Instagram what was your favorite one because I know I have a favorite like I, <laughs> I have I actually have multiple favorites he will be doing absolutely just the most mundane task ever, and he'll be talking to himself in one of these accents, and I'm just like, it just makes me smile. Strictly for my own entertainment. <laughs> like. And now it's for everybody else's entertainment. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone can make fun of me. Yay. <laughs>